When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the best of the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. If you are new to the show, this is where we take the best five minutes from each long-form show we do during the week and play them for you in the hopes that maybe you hear something new, something you didn't hear if you stopped an episode too short. You know, just give you a chance to catch up on the best moments of the week. Before we get to this week's moment, I just want to remind everybody, please tune in to 95.7 The Game Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Pacific time. You'll hear me and Levin Black on the Gold Standard Network Hour. It's a brand new show. It's not a repurposed podcast or anything like that. It's a new show for you. Go and check it out, please, and thank you. And then, of course, after the game, join us on the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel for the Instant Reaction Podcast. We are live the second the game ends. Just search Gold Standard 49ers. We pop right up all right without further ado let's get to it only three shows this week because of the christmas holiday but we'll start on wednesday with myself and sports illustrated's grant cone third and goal from the one down two scores you need a touchdown it's still a game again they don't hand the ball off they call a pass from the shotgun for sam darnold and he takes a sack why because dude Think about it. If he throws a touchdown pass there and he comes out of that game with like a 130 rating and two touchdowns and no picks and, and he leads a comeback, dude, Kyle, you created a quarterback controversy. Like what what was that call? Quarterback controversy. Get out of here. Come on. There's no quarterback controversy. I think he passed it there because they were out of timeouts, if I remember correctly. People aren't gonna people aren't gonna notice that Sam Darnold played really well against the Ravens and Brock Purdy played really poorly. Like that was on the line with that one pass. And it doesn't matter. Notice? One one decent it doesn't matter? No, it doesn't people, matter. A, you know, people wouldn't have talked about that all week. That would have been the conversation locally, nationally, on every television show. Hey, Sam Darnold looked really good. Crazy Sam great. Crazy people might have talked about it. So you're just going to throw out everything that Brock has done. You're going to throw none of that counts because Sam Darnold. Nah, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But people would be like, man, I don't know. Like Brock Purdy, he's still really young and he's had a really good run, but he was awful against the Ravens. He seemed like he got exposed. And then Darnold came in and just example that a lot of players can look good on this team and a lot of quarterbacks have looked good. And if Purdy's gotten figured out, maybe Darnold gives him a little something more. I mean, he's got a stronger arm. And, Dude, that would have happened, but you know what? It didn't, because you know what? Sam Darnold sucks. I'm so sorry. He does. He does. He does. He does. Yeah, but frankly, he was better against the Ravens than Brock was. He was. Brock if you was awful. If you listened to KMBR, the Niners radio broadcast, when Sam came in and he threw a couple passes, they were, oh, oh, he threw a dart. That was, uh-huh. yeah, he throws the ball harder than Brock Purdy. Like, this is not new information. Everybody throws the ball harder than Brock Purdy. Did you hear what Kyle said? I asked Kyle after the game, what did you think of Darnold? I thought it was real good. It was real good. You know, we, we, we real command of the offense, let a touchdown drive, you know, wish I had to go look back and see what happened. That sack. I wish I hadn't taken a sack there, but I thought he was real good. Like, first of all, no, he wasn't. But if you think he was real good, like you don't think Purdy was real good because frankly, he was real bad. Yeah. Like, and well. he was real bad. And that was a real test against a real defense. And that's now going to be in the back of Kyle's mind and fans mind. 
Like, hey, if Brady he starts doing this again, if he has another meltdown against a team with good linebackers and safeties, is it time to pull the plug and go to Darnold? No, never. There is no universe. And by the way, a real test when it was 33 to 12. I'm sure the Ravens were not playing their tightest coverage. Like, let's let's factor that in too. It's not like they hey, were like, hey, Brock couldn't do anything though. He, Brock, Brock was Brock had the ball in the fourth quarter down 33 to 12, and he was taking sacks, getting hit, doing nothing. Yeah, if your argument who was better that day, clearly it was Sam. But that doesn't mean that Sam is the better option, the better choice. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But I did say Sam was clearly better than Brock in this game, and that brings that just you That's don't it. unsee oh, that. You don't unsee that. Yeah. That's it, full stop. Okay, until Brock has another stinker, and you're wondering, no, is he pressing? Is he no. going to snowball? Okay. How many right. stinkers has Sam Darnold had? Until Brock has the same number, then we can talk about a quarterback change because Sam has never played anywhere close to as good as Brock Purdy has played. In All right. Any- well, if Brock Purdy throws two picks in the first three series of a playoff game, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I would. If still- he does that again, if he does that again, we'll see what happens. Yeah, like. Even if he does. Because we know. We know he's a snowballing presser. We know that this is in him. The, the, the poised, young, mature guy, yeah, when things are going well. But when things go bad on a big stage, nah, he's going to press. And it could get worse. And so it your can answer, get worse as the game goes along. Your answer My, I, I didn't sign Sam Darnold. I didn't freaking sign Sam Darnold. But you can't let that guy lose games for you, man. You can't let him throw four picks in a game ever again. He's not that guy. He's not a game changer. People be like, oh, Peyton Manning did. Joe Montana did. Those are game changers. Teams win because of them. Brock isn't like that, man. He's a game manager who makes a few plays a game. You are not allowed to throw four picks. Because you didn't offset it with any touchdowns. It's all those people you mentioned that threw six picks in a game. I bet you they threw some touchdowns, too. I bet you they did something good. Oh, does Brock. He's got 20. He did nothing. He had zero picks in that. He had zero touchdowns in that game. I think we are overreacting to a bad game from Brock Purdy. Yes, it was a bad game. It was. That those happen. You you have to be allowed to have a bad game. Your 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 standard cannot be you can never have a bad game ever or we're going to bench you for a guy who's thrown more turnovers, who's had more turnovers than starts. He got benched. Pretty much. He got benched in this game. And Kyle Shanahan called a pass for Sam Darnold on third and goal from the one because Kyle was uh trying to promote chaos. I don't care what you say. No. Kyle was trying to promote chaos with that pass on third and goal from the wall. Why would he knew? want that? Because Kyle is. How does it benefit him? How does it benefit him? Yes. Because he likes Sam Darnold. He believes in Sam Darnold. And you don't know how he feels about Brock Purdy. You don't know how he feels about Brock Purdy. He we has don't? to play Brock Purdy. He has to play Brock Purdy. Know. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, how Brock many Purdy is the AAA pitcher you called up that week who's throwing a no-hitter. You can't take him out of the game. But then it, now he's loaded the bases and given up like three or four runs in one inning. And Kyle's like, well, man, he still looks like a triple-A pitcher to me. I got this guy I paid $20 million, whatever. This guy I've loved for five years who I think is going to be great. I want to see it. I, I want to see it. I want to be what very his, clear. What would his quarterback rating have been if he had thrown a touchdown pass on third and goal from the one? 130? What would it have been? I want to be very clear. I, I make sure I understand you. Your official position is, Kyle wanted Sam Darnold to throw a touchdown pass because Kyle wants to create a quarterback controversy and wants to bench Brock Purdy for Sam Darnold. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying he wants to bench Brock Purdy for Sam Darnold, but he wants the conversation to be out there. Is Brock Purdy that good? Why? Is Sam Darnold? Why? I don't know. Ask Kyle. Why did he call a freaking pass on third and goal from the one for Sam Darnold behind an offensive line missing like all the starters? Why? So you want him to run behind their offensive line, missing all the starters? Third and ball from the one? 
Couldn't go from the one. You have Christian McCaffrey. That's what they do. That's what they've always done. When have they passed? With their backup quarterback? The backup quarterback. I, dude, I thought it was highly irregular. But, hey, man, you see it differently? That's all right. You don't have to agree. I don't know. I thought that was interesting, man. You called a pass for Sam? He already let a touchdown drive? Man, his numbers would have been great if he had completed that pass. I'm sure Kyle called it thinking Sam was going to complete the pass, not take a sack. I think, yeah, well, well he I think sack, he's well, Sam. Yeah, he wanted to score the touchdown. The real interesting he question. He believes in Sam. Had, he believes in Sam. If they would have scored, would he have put Brock in the game? And no, no. one. No. No. He was, believes in Sam. He lost confidence in Brock in that game. That happened. Maybe he'll get the confidence back when Brock, you know, puts 400 yards and four touchdowns on Washington this week, which is going to happen. But in this game, Kyle lost confidence. We all do. Brock lost confidence. Thursdays is the original Gold Standard podcast. That is myself and the human wet blanket, Levin Black. I want to get to a couple other things before we go. Fred Warner uh, has been doing his podcast all year, and there was a clip that um, I think Roscoe put out on Twitter yesterday that I took issue with, that people did not like what I had to say about it. I don't know if you saw the tweet. That's, that's surprising. People don't like what you have to say. I know. Uh, but I want to play the clip for everybody in case you haven't heard it, and then I'll give you my take, and we can go back and forth. So this was Fred Warner on his podcast talking about the number one seed. There's all this little hoopla, all the conversations right now are all about the one seed, the one seed, the one seed. Listen, I don't care about the one seed if you're not playing good football at the end of the day. Because guess what? Yeah, you have that first round bye, but if you're not playing your best ball after the bye, you can have a first round exit just like that and you're done. This isn't about the one seed. This is about winning the grand prize at the end. My take on that was it seems like a little bit of a switch by the 49ers because they did talk about the one seed this year. Kyle Juszczyk specifically talked about it with Richard Sherman. They talked about how important it was to get that first round by. And then what happened? They had a three-game losing streak. And Fred Warner said to the team in the locker room after the game, we learned our lesson, right? Take it one game at a time. Now all of a sudden they lose again. And now Fred Warner's telling me that the one seed is not important, even though they talked about how important it was all year long. That seems really weird to me, especially because they still control everything for the one seed. It's not like, well, now they need help. So he's backing off how important it is because they might not get it. Like, no, the Niners are still the ones that are in the driver's seat when it comes to getting that. So I thought that was a strange comment. It's strange due to context. What he has to say, if you just look at what he has to say, he's not wrong. If you're playing like crap at the end of the year, it doesn't matter that you got the bye week, right? Because you're going to have a first-round exit anyways. You you want to be peaking at the end of the season is what he's saying. But when you take the context of it into account, what he's saying is a bunch of crap. <laughs> he's trying to deflect. Anytime this team – it was the same way. They they went they started out 5-0, and and then they lost. And it was like, hey, we don't want to be talking about the one seed. Oh, yeah, well, you guys were the ones talking about how you want to be kings of the NFC. So – like you started the conversation now that you lost and people are coming after you about how it affects the one seed. You're wanting to deflect and say, we don't want to talk about the one seed. We don't care. We're going one game at a time. Then they get on this win streak. And after they clinched the division, like you said, some of them actually came out and said, we want the one seed. And now that they lost and they're getting that thrown back at them that, Hey, this affected your one seed. 
Do you think he can still get it done? You know, now you're tied in record and all these things. Now they don't want to answer those questions. Now they don't want to talk about it. The one seed's not important. To me, it's just deflection. And that's why I say it's BS. Like, no, they care about the one seed. You can say that all you want. You've made it abundantly clear twice this season already. You care about the one seed. It's okay. I get why him as a leader has to kind of say, we don't care about it. But the way in which he does it, I I just find he's going a little too far with it. And I think he's being a little credulous with him saying, no, we don't care. It's about playing our best ball at the end of the year. No, just say, yeah, yeah we want the one seed, but we're, we're, we got to beat Washington to get it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like he goes too far with it. I was just really surprised. Like all of a sudden the one seed doesn't matter. It's like, mm, yes, it does. Like you need to play better, period. You don't have to connect those two things. And the fact that he did connect him, tells me that they were talking about that one seat inside the locker room, that it was something that was in the air. And I think he was trying to tell the team, like, just worry about playing our best ball. But look, they all know the deal. Like, they're not stupid. Kyle Shanahan said earlier this year, our defense looks bad and tired because we're just beat up and we need a break. And they had a break at the bye week and they came out of the bye week and they kicked the hell out of everybody. They need the bye week. It is important for them. If they don't get the bye week, I don't know if they go to the Super Bowl. If they... I'll say that if they get the buy, I'm like, book it. We're going to Vegas. Like I would feel incredibly confident if they don't get the bye week, they could still go to the Super Bowl for sure, but I would be way, way less confident. And I think they know it. And I think Fred is trying to just get them to focus on what he wants. But I just, I didn't like the way he tried to go about it because it seemed disingenuous to me. This team has to win the Super Bowl if they want to be remembered. We've talked about it. It doesn't matter if they get the bye week or not, win the Super Bowl. The bye week, like we have talked about, I think is uniquely beneficial to this 49ers team and specifically the defense because they play very physical, very fast. Greenlaw and Warner sprint around everywhere. Mm -hmm. Plus now they have a lot of injuries coming out of that last week. But if they don't win the Super Bowl, they will be forgotten. I actually went and looked because I was curious. Let's assume they get the 13 wins. They win out, right? Which they definitely should. But they win. Here's teams that won 13 games in back-to-back seasons but never won a Super Bowl. Let's see how many we still talk about. Did we talk about the uh, 2018-2019 New Orleans Saints? No, we do not. Do we talk about the 2010-2011 Patriots? No, we talk about the teams that came after and before those teams. Those teams have been forgotten because they didn't get the, the game won. We talk about the 99-2000 Tennessee Titans. No. The only thing they're talked about is the fact that they lost the Super Bowl and probably the best game-ending play of all time <laughs> with them stretching for that uh, touchdown. Uh, you also have, and this one, I, I wanted to include this because it makes me laugh, the only three-time in 2019, 2020, and 2021 Packers. They won 13 straight three years in a row, never even made a Super Bowl. Nobody talks about those teams and how great they were. You get forgotten. You either win or you are relegated to the dustbin of history. On Friday, as we close out the week with Michelle Majuk, I call her Mimosa Michelle, we preview the Niners matchup from a betting and fantasy perspective. Here's our best bets for week 17. Let's get to some best bets, Michelle. Last week, we gave you six. I gave you three. Michelle gave you three. She happened to hit on two of her three. I only hit on one of my three. Very ashamed to say. But 
50% for us again, just like we were the week before. Like we we're just one, if we could hit one more bet a week, I'd feel really good about it. Well, my, the one I didn't hit on was the Christian McCaffrey uh, carries. I didn't expect them to get murdered. You know, I thought, I thought it was going to be a close game. I mean, he was clearly, he was on pace to get it in the first half and then they just didn't run in the second because they're down. down. Yeah. They were down. It was 30 to 12 with like, 14 minutes or uh, 10 minutes to go. I just hit on Brock's though. He hit it. He hit on his last pass attempt. I texted you as soon as he hit the over and I was like, look, Brock made it. And you were like, yeah, well, he's hurt now. So he just barely made it. But yes, the ones we hit on were the Brock Purdy passing yards over. I told you to take CMC to score a touchdown in the first half because that was plus money. And you doubled your money with that bet. Thank you, Christian. And you had the Isaiah likely over on receiving yardage and he hit that. So those were our three winners last week. Nice. I have three more winners for you this week. Oh, see that? See the transition there? That is smoothness right there. All right. You know what I'm going to ask you, Michelle? What am I going to ask you? What's my best, best bet? Your fastball best bet guaranteed to make you money. You know what? I was going to go with Devo, but I think really any week, just bet on Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> whether it be touchdowns or scrim- I'm going to take a scrimmage yards, right? Because if you bet on this touchdown, we all know you're not winning much money there, but over 121 and a half scrimmage yards. It- it's insane, right? His projections are always insane, but guess what? He always, <laughs> he always hits it. I mean, he has over 130 scrimmage yards in each of the last five games. He did that last week and all like, the offense, I guess, was moving, but right. He only had 14 carries and he still had 131 scrimmage yards. He still had 103 rushing yards. This guy is just amazing. And the last, the commander started off as a pretty good run defense to start the year, but they're just falling apart everywhere. The last two weeks, the commanders allowed Brees Hall to have 191 scrimmage yards. <laughs> and then Tyron Williams the week before that to have 155 scrimmage yards. I see no reason Christian McCaffrey, unless they're, like the only way he doesn't hit this is if they're up by like 40 points and CMC doesn't play like the fourth quarter. But he, if they're up by that much, that probably means he already hit the 122 scrimmage yards he needs. So, yeah, I mean, it's possible that, especially if, the, like you said, they allow so many yards after catch that maybe a couple plays to Debo or Kittle or Ayuk go for scores and then they're winning by so much that they pull him. But Kyle usually doesn't do that, though. That's the thing. Like he usually leaves these guys in there. So I, I think you got to go with that over. I had that written down as one of them. There, the Washington defense is so bad. I was tempted to just bet everything. Like just take every 49ers bet that there is yep. because they stink. Yeah, you could take all the pass catchers. I mean, I, I don't have them all written down, but Kittle, Ayuk, they should all hit their overs. But mine is going with Debo because right now his overs pretty low because the last two weeks he's only had 48 and 47 receiving yards so they have him at 57 and a half receiving yards in this game and it's because you know he hasn't he hasn't hit it either the last two weeks but last week I did I went into that game thinking it was a really hard matchup for Debo right the Ravens are physical I did think they were going to limit his yards after the catch he had 12 targets and only Mm -hmm. came out with four receptions 47 yards if Debo has 12 targets in this game, oh my goodness, he's going to put up 200 receiving yards. But the commanders have allowed, A, the most passing yards per game this year, the second most receiving yards to wide receivers this season. And again, I've already brought up the fourth most yards after catch per reception. So he he hasn't hit this the last two weeks, but the two weeks prior, 116, 149, I expect that him to double this projection, have at least 100-something yards. So I'm, I'm going with over 57 and a half receiving yards. 
it, you could justify any offensive bet that you want. The one I had written down actually was Brandon Ayuk, 67 and a half receiving yards. That's a little higher. I think that was the highest for the 49ers. Um, I think that they didn't use Ayuk enough early in the game. He's so freaking good. He was a ghost there for so long. I mean, he had yeah. that catch early in the game. And but I think it was like a good quarter and a half, two quarters before he had a second catch. It was a really long time in between. Yeah, I wrote down in big capital letters in my notes, where is Ayuk? Because I was like, what the hell? But then you look down at the end of the game, Michelle, and you see Brandon Ayuk, six catches, 113 yards. He actually put up a lot of yards at garbage yeah. time. With the, yeah, Arnold. garbage time. When but I mean, just trying to run out the clock, you know, the Ravens. Yeah, but you could still win money. Like, we don't care for the purposes. Oh, yeah, of- yeah, 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 yeah. So I have Ayuk over 67 and a half receiving yards. I don't think he's going to be that absent from the game plan. I think he's going to be able to get open. And like you said, they allow so many yards after catch. He's not going to need. That's the thing about the Niners, too, is like you don't need all these guys to have seven, eight, nine catches to hit these overs. Sometimes three, four catches is enough to do it because they just break off these chunk plays. So I will go Ayuk. 67 and a half yards receiving. That is, uh, that's not my fastball best bet, but since you mentioned the Debo thing, I thought I would mention the Ayuk thing as well. My fastball best bet in the game. Mm, man. <laughs> do you have one? I, it's a defensive one, but it has nothing to do with data. You know how I get wrapped up in like narrative and storyline and stuff. Chase Young, at least one sack. It's okay. minus 105, which is not great, but not terrible odds. But here's the thing. He's facing his old team. And he said in the media, oh, you know, it's just another game, blah, blah, blah. Nick Bosa said Chase Young behind the scenes is like geeked up, pumped up, like ready to go. And I talked to Jamal Forrest, who covers Washington for Hogs Haven, the SB Nation Washington community. He told me this. I didn't know this story. Like, Days before Chase Young got traded, his dad called a local radio station in D.C. and was like, you're going to see how good Chase Young is when he gets traded. And obviously, a couple of days later, he got traded. And there were a lot of anonymous quotes from Washington personnel saying the trade of Chase Young is addition by subtraction. So they basically were like, we're better without you. We don't want you. We traded you. His dad's calling up a local radio station saying, watch out for how good this guy is. Bosa is saying he's all pumped up behind the scenes. Washington, oh, by the way, has allowed 60 sacks this year. 6-0. And that's not an exaggeration. That's the actual number. I just have a feeling Chase Young is going to go nuts this week. Give me at least one sack, Chase Young, in this game. So this is my thing. They have allowed 60 sacks, but so many of those are on Sam Howell. And Sam Howell's my boy. I like him. I wanted the Steelers to take him over Kenny Pickett, and I still would prefer that Kenny Pickett is straight garbage. But that class was just straight garbage, right, of quarterbacks. But all of those have come on Sam Howell. I mean, Jacoby Brissett has played a couple quarters now. It has not been sacked on any of his dropbacks. So he's getting the ball out quickly. He's much better at not taking the sacks. It doesn't – doesn't mean he's going to be not sacked throughout this entire game as a starter. I'm sure they will be some. What does Chase Young have? Like two and a half sacks so far with the 49ers? I think that's accurate. Yes. In five yeah. games, I think it is. Two he, and a half. I mean, hopefully he's geeked up and ready to go because he needs to do some more. Let's go. Why You're playing. Have pace? 
I saw that face. You were like, what does Chase Young even have with the 49? You were, that was, because a I, I expected more from him. And I do think they look better overall with Chase Young there. And I, I think he's helping out Nick Bosa a lot, but they should be helping out each other. He's got two and a half sacks in seven games. He had five sacks in seven games with the commanders. But even if the, like, why is his odds minus one Oh five? I feel like it should be plus with him only having two and a half sacks through seven games of the 49. I think they know. I think Vegas is thinking like I'm thinking baby. Um, I just forgot what I was going to say. Oh, (laughs) Sam Howell, right? 60 sacks. Even if, 20 of the sacks are on Sam Howell and not on the offensive line. That's still 40 sacks. Oh, I think 40 of the sacks are probably on Sam Howell. That dude holds on the ball forever. Yeah, I mean, what Jacoby Brissett is clearly an upgrade, without question. And he's a big guy. He's 6'4", like 250. He can move, especially for a guy his size. So it's not going to be easy. And he's he'll protect the ball better than Sam Howell, too. So I was not thrilled to see that news. But I think... at least once chase young is going to get it whether even if it's like a kind of a bogus like bosa actually forces the pressure and chase young is kind of just in the right place right time like that's all it takes for me to cash this bet and i'm counting on it this week all right that's your best bet of the week it's a bold one but i i i don't i don't hate it i don't hate it i like your thought process behind it i'm gonna go with a commander's player as well for oh wait no chase young's not a commander's player He's a 49ers player. I tried to transition well. It did not work out. <laughs> I'm going with Terry McLaurin, uh, commander's wide receiver, over 52 and a half receiving yards. And this is all because Jacoby Brissett is playing. Listen, McLaurin and Brissett clearly have this connection. And like I said, Brissett would just throw it up. They have played 21 snaps together over the last two weeks, just 21 snaps. And they have connected for 122 receiving yards and a touchdown. So clearly Brissett favors McLaurin, right? And the 49ers have allowed the fourth most receptions to wide receivers this season, which I was pretty surprised to see. Uh, They're pretty good at limiting the amount of yards per reception. So the yards aren't all the way up there. They're kind of middle of the pack there, but fourth most receptions. But we saw last week, Zay Flowers was just getting those chunk plays because he was just really not guard it all that often but I could see him having a similar type game to Zay Flowers with the 72 yards a touchdown like I don't think McLaurin's gonna go off off for 150 yards or anything maybe he could but I do think he definitely hits 53 receiving yards I think like you said he's got good chemistry with Brissett number one number two let's say that the Niners do their normal thing where the number one option usually eats that leads you to think he's going to hit the over or three. Let's say the Niners are killing Washington. Well, guess what they're going to have to do pass that leads you to think that he's going to hit this over. So when you've got a bet where kind of it's independent of the game script, it doesn't really matter how the game script goes. Those are the ones I feel like you should feel really, really good about. I actually did write that down. Uh, and his over for catches is four and a half in the game. To me, he's definitely going to catch at least five passes in the game. There's Unless he gets hurt, to me, there's no way he doesn't catch at least one pass a quarter. Yeah, I think he's going to have some big chunk plays. That's why I went with the receiving yards, so I don't have to worry about the receptions. But I like both of them. Yeah, I, I agree. We've seen this too many times with the Niners. I actually, I didn't have it as one of my best bets, but Brissett's over for passing yards in the game is 229 and a half. That's not that much. And the Niners, they'll give you some pass yards. We don't know what the safety situation is because Jair Brown has been banged up. That means it could be Logan Ryan at safety or, or gulp Isaiah Oliver at safety. Like, yee, that, that, that's not great. And Jacoby Brissett's been around long enough that he's going to target that guy. 
So uh, you can definitely see some over in the passing yardage for Brissett and over in, in uh, McLaurin's receiving yards. Yeah, and Brock Purdy, I don't know why they keep it at that. It's one and a half passing touchdowns. I think he easily gets that, but it's like minus 175 odds or something. So not making any money off of it unless you put down a ton. But if you can find one where they have it at two and a half, you think Brocky can throw three touchdowns in this game? Yes. The only thing that scares me is if McCaffrey runs them in. Like they get down there a bunch of times, but McCaffrey gets the touches. That- so let's say McCaffrey puts up 150 yards in this game. Uh, uh, more touchdowns or not a few that would be crazy a couple more touchdowns say he gets in twice 150 yards is he like should he really be mvp of the league like i know they're talking about lamar jackson now after because it was on christmas night but lamar would have the worst stats in nfl history among uh, among mvps i mean he's averaging 1.3 passing touchdowns per game no one has won this award under 1.6 passing touchdowns per game it's not like he has a lot of rushing touchdowns either so it's even like his total touchdowns per game would be the lowest. And I don't know. It just seems like if they gave that to him, it would be really based off of this one game against the 49ers, which would be pretty crazy. So Christian McCaffrey, I think, really needs to be at the top of this conversation. I think he's absolutely there. Lamar has 24 total touchdowns on the year. Christian McCaffrey has 21. And Lamar back. Like, that. that is... Christian McCaffrey has more touchdowns than Lamar has passing touchdowns on the year. Right. Because Lamar has 19, I think, right? 19 passing touchdowns. Like, I don't even think, honestly, like Lamar was fine against the 49ers, but they kept setting him up with short fields. So he really couldn't put up a ton of big numbers because he didn't have far to go. One of the drives started at the 49ers nine-yard line. One of the drives started at, like, the Niners 47-yard line. I do know that like, okay, he has gotten them down the field a lot. And so many of his running backs have taken touchdowns. Right. But then also you're playing with an extremely dominant defense. I know that we can use all these for Brock Purdy too. Right. But at least Brock Purdy has the stats, right. You can say he has a really good defense. He has good playmakers. Other people like, are helping him out. That's exactly what's happening with the Ravens, but he doesn't have even close to the stats that Brock Purdy has. Honestly, I think Brock Purdy, I know one bad games. Like what if Brock Purdy had this bad game in week two, no one even be thinking about it come now. I think that one game is getting so overblown. And I, I think that does to four interceptions and zero, zero touchdowns really just probably does knock you out of it. Josh Allen, keep an eye on him. I think he deserves it more than Lamar. Uh, I don't, yeah, this whole, it, it's just because it was played on Christmas night and everyone was watching. I feel like Lamar is now the top contender for this. That's definitely part of it. Primetime games and narrative is a huge part of it. Uh, Modelo time, 1999, just put this in the chat. Jacoby Brissett added to the injury report with a hamstring injury. I actually did not see that. Let me just do a quick Twitter. If it's going to be Sam Howell, you need to sprint that Chase Young. But okay, so he's shape. questionable. Ian Rappaport just tweeted, Jacoby Brissett is now questionable with a hamstring injury that he suffered in today's practice. He was just added. It opens the door for Sam Howell potentially stepping in and starting again, something to monitor. Wow. Does he really have a hamstring injury? Is this the commanders trying to, you know, jerk the 49ers around oh, a little bit? Why would, why would they, they're out of playoff contention. Like what would be the point of playing all these mind games? But I will say you need to get that bet in for Chase Young already. Like it needs to go in. A, even if Jacoby's hampered and has the hamstring, that should slow him down a bit. And then if it's Sam Howell, he's going to be sacked a hundred times in this game. Man. Oh, so this is fascinating because this is just for people that 
don't know how it works. The sharps, the the smart betters are doing exactly what Michelle said. They are running to the sports books right now because they want to get the best odds right now because the odds are going to shift very, very quickly. In fact, they may already have shifted yeah. uh, based on this news. And they may the have already sharps, taken it down. The sharps want to get that bet in before Vegas has time to react. And you have a very limited window in order to do that. I'm just going to check really quickly. Let me see. <laughs> are you going to do it while we're, while we're recording? Oh, is it gone? Let me see. It might be they, gone. Uh, it. No, it's still there. It's still there and it's still at 105. You know what? I'm going to do it right now. Give me yeah, Jay, I'll take the risk. Even if, like you said, if Jacoby's hurt and he can't move around as good as, as maybe you and think. You wanted, you wanted to do it anyways. And now you have a chance that it's going to be Sam Howell. And if it's Sam Howell, he's going to get eaten alive. My poor man. If yeah. he could just fix that situation, he has a great arm. He's a good playmaker. He has mobility. He just holds on to the ball for 500 years. He was leading the league in passing yardage for a while. I know. And then he had to face some really tough matchups over the last handful, like the Jets and the Cowboys, I think. I don't know who it was, but still, yeah, he, he was struggling. I got the bet in. You got it in. Let's oh, go. yeah. I feel super good. Um, Let me give one more because I actually have only given two right now. So I'll give a third. And I, you may have to convince me here. You've got me looking at these longest reception bets, especially mm -hmm. with the 49ers, they always rip off chunk plays. The longest reception, and, and maybe you could help me make sense of this too. The longest completion for Brock is 40 and a half yards, but the longest reception for the 49ers player is Ayuk at 26 and a half. How are those two things possible? If you think no 40, if you're putting a line for the 49ers in the mid twenties, how is Brock's line over 40? Well, I think you're trying with those guys, you have to pick the correct one to get the 40, right? So I, I think that's what comes in. They're probably assuming that those guys have a chance to hit the 40, but you're not going to put that all the way up there. Nobody would place that bet. Everyone would take right. the under, right? And that you're choosing with Brock, it could go to any of those guys. With those guys, it has to be them. Just one one outcome. True. So do you like Ayuk at 26 and a half or do you like Kittle at 22 and a half? Washington's pretty good against the tight end, I think. But George is like, even with one or two targets, he's still getting like 50 yards a game. I like both of them, but I like Kittle's a little more. What's Debo's? Uh, let me look really quick. I didn't, for some reason, I decided not to write Debo Samuels down. He is at 23 and a half. So he's at 23 and a half. Kittle's at 22 and a half. That's the lowest. And Ayuk is at 26 and a half. 26 is long. Like I could, I, he's definitely going to have some 20 yards or 20 yarders. Right. But is it 23? Is it 24, 25, 26 yeah. and a half is pretty long. So I, I would go with one of the shorter ones. Cause I do think all of these guys have a 20 yard catch in this game. So if you, if you want to go with the lowest one, that would be Kittle. And it, I think he hits that. Kittle had seven catches for 126 in the game, including a 58 yarder. He's been, man, he has been getting chunk plays like the four or five yard passes to Kittle. Those have kind of gone away. Now when he goes to Kittle, it's 15, 20, 25 yards. I think I might go Kittle. He's the lowest of the bunch. He's probably the least likely to hit it, but I think I, I don't know. He'll get one. Just give me one pop. Maybe they do that, that crazy ass double fake screen play and then hit Kittle wide open over the middle. That'll do it. That's going to be a 20 yard play. I'll take over Kittle 22 and a half. as my third best bet.
I like that. And they, I mean, these two teams just played what week 16 of last year, not too long ago, Kittle had 120 yards and two touchdowns in that game. So mm-hmm. he, he was the leader of the pack. Sheldon Salazar says, just curious, is this your real voice, Rob, or is it just your radio voice? Either way, great voice. Well, thank you. It is my real voice. Um, I will say that there's some processing and stuff that the microphone does that helps me sound a little better than I normally do. But no, this is my actual voice. I will say my dogs are barking in the background, so I'm very sorry. Uh, But I will say there was one time I heard you on a different podcast. I don't know if you had different equipment and I did not realize it was you for a good like five minutes. And I had no idea I was listening to you. What podcast was it? No idea. It was like a year ago. Uh, I think I told you at the time, your voice sounded 100% different. So it's so weird how different uh, equipment can make your voice sound. I wonder what I sound like to people. Yeah, the microphone. that I'm a microphone geek, just so everybody knows, because I'm an old radio guy. The microphone you use absolutely has an effect on how you sound, a 1,000%. Plus, I'm a little sick right now, too. I'm fighting something. And that, that usually, especially in the early stages of my sickness, gives me like a deeper definitely like a better radio voice raspy i need to get sick to have my raspy voice seriously sometimes it it actually makes you sound better even if you feel terrible okay so just recap quickly your three best bets for for this week yes so they are debo samuel over 57 and a half receiving yards christian mccaffrey over 121 and a half scrimmage yards and terry mclaurin over 52 and a half receiving yards can we call terry mclaurin tmc is that no good? TMC. Yeah, Terry McLaurin. TMC, you know, like Christian McCaffrey is CMC. No, no. A, he's not good enough to give him that nickname, but just no. Sheldon Salazar says Michelle greater than Kay Adams. That's not true, but I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Michelle is a huge Kay Adams fan, so you were never going to get her to go along with that. Um, my three best bets for the week, Chase Young, at least one sack, especially now that Sam Howell might play. I feel that has skyrocketed to my fastball. Best bet for sure. Kittle, longest reception, over 22 and a half yards. And I totally forgot my third one. Uh, yep, totally forgot the, it. The, the Chase Young one? No, the Chase Young I had and the Kittle one I had. For some reason, I can't remember the third. Did you see? I know I liked the McLaurin, but I don't know if I gave another one. Maybe it was Brissett over 229 and a half. I don't know. I just forgot. You'll have to listen to the show. Well, you had uh, Brandon Ayuk's receiving yards. 67 and a half. Yeah, that could have been it too. Take all of them. Take everybody into the pool. The more bets you take, the better your odds are hitting them, right? What the hell? Oh, yeah. That's a great lesson to teach people. (laughs) Just keep betting your money. You'll win sooner or later. (laughs) Keep your money. The important thing is it's not my money. Let's be honest. Um, Only bet what you can afford. Don't be crazy out there. Yes. Only bet where you can afford to lose assume you're going to lose it all and then you can make your bets yes thanks again everybody for listening we really appreciate your time i promise we will continue to earn that again listen to 95 7 the game 8 a.m pacific time on sunday for the gold standard network hour and of course join us on our youtube channel our facebook page our twitch page immediately after the game for the instant reaction podcast just search gold standard 49ers we will pop right up go niners kick the hell out of the commanders and then we can start to focus on the Rams in week 18.